0: How is Ethereum going to manage its competitors? What is happening on Algorand? And most importantly, why is Cardano so slow when it comes to development? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In today's episode, we will look at Bitcoin. We'll talk about Ethereum and its many competitors, two of which you can trade now officially also on SwissCode. I've mentioned it in the last crypto market talk, Polygon and Avalanche are also up for trading on SwissCode. And we will talk about these two projects as well. Super interesting news on that side. We will also talk about Uniswap. We will quickly look at Cosmos, Algorand, some interesting stuff happening on the Algorand network as a whole. And then, of course, we will talk about potential competitors to Ethereum but we will start with Bitcoin first of all and with this graphic right here the analyst Willy Wu has tweeted that generally the treasuries of Bitcoin will potentially go up in 2022 and by the way an excellent site which I will link in the video description below is bitcointreasuries.net which is a site that tracks the Bitcoin treasuries of the different public companies as well as governments around the world which hold bitcoin in their books and what we can see here It's quite interesting. We can see that MicroStrategy, for example, is holding about 6 billion US dollar worth of Bitcoin with 124,000 Bitcoin. And Tesla is still holding its 2 billion US dollar worth of Bitcoin with its 43,000. Now, then it becomes interesting because then you see mostly tech companies and some blockchain companies, be it a mining company and so on, in the public company area. And the big question here will be, which will be the next company that will potentially integrate Bitcoin on its books. Let's talk about Apple. Let's talk about Meta or or, or recently Facebook. Uh, Let's talk about Walmart and all of these different companies that potentially are rumored to take Bitcoin onto their books as a potential inflation hedge. Now, will it maybe be another government? I think this is also a very important discussion that is being held in the crypto community nowadays. El Salvadorian president is saying that he is predicting two more countries this year to adopt Bitcoin as its kind of currency reserve. Will it be an official currency reserve or will it be just next to gold or any US dollar reserve that the government is holding? I think this will be quite an interesting story. Now, if we look at the Bitcoin chart in general, the Christmas days as well as the New Year's days have been more or less quiet. And we can see that by kind of drawing the range that we've experienced throughout December, of course with a very sharp correction just before the year's end while kind of the Christmas run was through. Maybe people talked about on their Christmas dinners about Bitcoin and so on, but that correction was quickly kind of held back uh, in terms of price action, mainly because some people are still expecting that maybe people as well as institutional investors needed to put or sell Bitcoin and other crypto assets away in order for tax harvesting. Interesting zone for me is still the 40,614 US dollar kind of uh, barrier here. I don't think we will fall below, it could still be, but I do think that kind of all these sellers or the big sellers that sold over the Christmas days, mostly for tax reasons, They are through now. So I would expect the Q1 of 2022 to be kind of a more, let's say, positive crypto quarter for 2022. And let's have a look at Ethereum as well, because I think Ethereum is the kind of talk of the town here. Quite interesting tweet storm by Vitalik Buterin, obviously one of the co-founders of Ethereum and also kind of the author of the Ethereum white paper. In this tweet storm, he talks about generally what has he or the white paper from Ethereum, let's say, predicted and what has gone completely wrong. And I think we can obviously say that he completely missed the trends on NFTs. And he's he's saying that he's saying that Ethereum kind of the, the technology behind it never saw or foresaw the idea of NFTs happening. But what he did see and kind of wrote about also in 2014 and 2015 was the entire DeFi trend. So this idea of decentralized applications, that decentralized trading could be happening on the Ethereum network. He foresaw that. And we obviously know the results of this is Uniswap, SushiSwap and all of these different decentralized exchanges. One quite interesting one, uh, one let's say learning from Vitalik is definitely that he mentioned that he was quite bullish on Bitcoin Cash. He was saying that potentially increasing the block size for increased scalability was something that he observed and he was even um, kind of actively pursuing and and, and looking at Bitcoin Cash in these days. But nowadays, he's saying that it is a failed experiment. And that is an interesting one, because we are now looking at a project that, from a technical standpoint, should have succeeded but didn't due to maybe the community and he's saying that as well in this tweet storm that the community aspect is quite an important aspect that we shouldn't disregard in general in the crypto world now ethereum is facing different competitors from different areas we can also look at this graphic for example looking at the ethereum tvl so the total value locked in the DeFi ecosystem of Ethereum. And we can see that start of last year, so of 2021, was around 97, 98% in the entire uh, TVL or DeFi space. So Ethereum was essentially dominating the DeFi space. Towards the end of the year, it actually uh, fell down to about 63% in total. So that essentially means that the entire DeFi space has grown, but Ethereum hasn't grown with it as much. Now, you could say, of course, that some of the capital in Ethereum's DeFi space has also gone into the NFT space, which Ethereum still is dominating. But you could also make the argument that Ethereum's competitors are just getting better, faster and can scale much, much easier. And we can see this in this graphic because the total value locked in the entire DeFi space has increased to around 250 billion US dollars, while the total value locked in the Ethereum ecosystem has only grown to 150 billion US dollars that obviously opens the question where is the other TVL coming from and we can still see like I said the 150 billion plus US dollar TVL is still on Ethereum but then we have some very very interesting uh, number two number three and and so on in terms of projects we can see that Terra Binance Smart Chain Avalanche Solana Phantom Polygon and all of these projects are actually quite close to each other with Polygon being at around 5.6 billion and Terra around 20 billion us dollars it's still a huge difference to the ethereum space but it also means that these Projects could potentially fill the shoes of Ethereum's TVL. So the question will be, is Ethereum able to scale in 2022? Will the fees become cheaper or will it become even more expensive to trade on Ethereum? That's why people will move to other chains. That's a big question. And I think looking at the chart, what we can see here, obviously, there was the correction at around the New Year's uh, Day's that um, was quite sharp and didn't really result in a V-shape recovery just yet. And you will see with the other projects that we will analyze where we can very clearly see kind of a V-shaped recovery. And what we see here though, is still that Ethereum is still on the trend line. So I don't see this trend breaking anytime soon. Obviously the kind of barrier of 4,000 US dollar is very important psychologically, but I think much more important will be the 5,000 US dollar line. Because the real question is what happens if Ethereum keeps on rising? If the prices keep on rising and the fees become much more expensive, Will people still stay on the Ethereum network as a whole, or will they switch to different networks? And we stay in the DeFi area because I also want to quickly talk about Uniswap before really jumping into potential Ethereum competitors. As we can see here, Uniswap launches on Polygon, driving Matic to all-time highs. Now, Uniswap has built the spot of a decentralized exchange, almost number one in the DeFi area. And they've built this by mainly focusing on Ethereum. Now, in the last couple of months, they've also integrated other scalability solutions, Arbitrum comes to mind, but they also launched this idea of potentially launching Polygon on Uniswap. And this of course has been implemented in the last couple of days. You remember I talked about this in one of the last crypto market talks. This has now been through. So meaning you can trade on the Matic network on Uniswap and it will be much, much cheaper, much, much faster for transaction. Now, if we look at the chart of Uniswap, we can see that the chart didn't really get bothered by it too much. So meaning, for me, Uniswap as a trade or Uni as a trade is still kind of in a problematic zone. We can see that this bottom has been recovered, yes. So we're through from the 13 and 14 US dollar areas. But still, for me, it has to break through this 18, 19 US dollar barrier and even get into the 20s before it becomes more interesting. So Uniswap still kind of on the verge. Of course, there are some price pressures also because of regulatory concerns, because people just don't believe that Uniswap will get out of this regulatory mess in the DeFi space. They would expect something like SushiSwap that is completely decentralized but has different problems, of course, to maybe become number one. But right now, If we are looking at Ethereum's DeFi space, obviously Uniswap is still number one, but people are still hesitant. Now, everything essentially changes if we look at Matic. Matic has had a very, very good couple of weeks in terms of uh, investment. So if you invested into Matic at the beginning of December, you've had quite an interesting ride. So kind of from the beginning of December, you had this two and a half US dollar, then this correction down to 170, and then this rally back up to around 280, 290 just before correcting. Now, the big question is there, why has it corrected? One of these kind of problems or concerns was this headline here that came out just before the New Year's Eve, essentially meaning that um, Polygon was at risk of being hacked for about 24 billion US dollars worth of Matic. Now, the problem has been solved in the meantime, and we can see it here from the tweet that the Polygon team has um, given out. Essentially, it meant a security partner discovered a vulnerability. That vulnerability would have cost a potential hack of 24 billion US dollar worth of Matic tokens. The fix, however, was immediately introduced. Validators have upgraded the network and no material harm to the protocol and end users. And I think that is the most important part. So they have acted quite quickly and fix the problem without kind of something bigger happening here and obviously the white hats were paid a bounty however this has caused obviously some people to yeah let's say be be a bit hesitant when it comes to medic right so that also caused this a price correction that we have experienced here in my opinion this will be short-lived because they have fixed the issue and we experienced something similar on Solana and Solana went on to all-time highs even after their technical problems. So I do believe that Matic still has something in the tank. I think, Do think though that this zone is a bit dangerous and this kind of growth, this in short term growth has been a bit problematic, but I think mid to long term Matic could be really an interesting scalability solution. Also considering that while investing into Matic or Polygon, you're also investing into the potential scalability solution of Ethereum that maybe Ethereum will implement themselves as well. So it is still kind of a big question whether Polygon or Matic would be the better investment to Ethereum. Now, obviously, Ethereum has to do something this year. But the question is, would maybe Matic be the better trade for people kind of really looking to get better gains in short term? Let's also talk about Algorand. Algorand has been an interesting project mainly because its header to be the most ecological blockchain in these days. And what they have announced here is also quite interesting. They have announced with AlgoFi together a 3 million US dollar liquidity incentive program or fund where they essentially would incentivize people to trade on AlgoFi, to use these platforms and so on. And coincidentally, what happened here is also 3 million US dollars. So the AMM on Algorand, tiny man was hacked for 3 million us dollars um just just a couple of days ago and it just came out um one or two days ago i think on twitter and here on this new site. So quite interesting. We have this incentive fund of 3 million US dollars. We have this hack of 3 million US dollars. Now we're at zero again. So kind of does this uh, compensate out? I don't know. And I do know, however, that Algorand just generally is really riding this headline of being very ecologically uh, friendly, let's say. And if we look at kind of the trend here, very, very interesting. We have really a proper V-shape recovery in the case of Algorand. Now, interestingly in Algorand's case for me, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, the price zones are a bit tricky here. I think that the 183 and the 195 or 196 area is quite interesting. Before breaking that, I don't see Algorand performing anytime soon, but I think if they can break that, I think then it could be quite an interesting investment. And I do think that Headlines just like this, so that Algorand kind of uh, invests into their ecosystem, into different platforms, could be quite beneficial for the ecosystem as a whole. Now let's talk about other alternatives to Ethereum. And of course, we have to talk about Avalanche, which I have mentioned, and now you can see it also officially here. You can trade it now on Swiss code as well. And Avalanche is one of the, let's say, more interesting projects that came out more than a year ago. So one and a half years ago, but really kind of had its breakthrough through, during the summer of last year. And what we can see here is that the growth from September to the winter of end of December has hold on quite good what we see here is that the active addresses so the daily active addresses in numbers have increased by 435 percent now we have to be fair and we have to mention that projects such as Terra Luna, Solana, Algorand, Harmony and also Phantom don't really have the proper numbers to really compare that. So it is a bit of an unfair comparison, but if we look at just the comparison with the numbers that we have, we can assume that Avalanche has had quite a good quarter in 2021. Now Avalanche is kind of getting into different areas as well. We can also see, for example here, UST, a decentralized stable coin on Terra Luna, also wants to get onto Avalanche. So we can see these different networks talking to each other, exchanging some information, some data in order to make both protocols more valuable for the end user. So this could be quite an interesting kind of um, feature that could be launched on Avalanche as well. Now, if we look at the Avalanche chart as a whole, I drew a Fibonacci sequence here. Quite interesting that we hit this um, exactly 61.8% line of around 118 US dollars. For me, this is a very, very important zone. So the 118 as well as the 130 US dollars is for me a very important zone that I will keep in my eye for now. Now, AVAX obviously has had a pretty crazy run, then a correction. Now again, a good run, now a correction. Now the question is, will we see another run? And I think the stats that that I've just showed you, if these keep on climbing up, so if the number of active addresses are going up and i think avalanche is is in for a quite an interesting quarter for 2022. Now let's also talk about another project called Cosmos or Atom. And I've mentioned Atom as a token. And I've also mentioned kind of the interest that I have in Cosmos in general. Now Cosmos is an interesting project because it has 262 apps and services running on its infrastructure. Now you have to differentiate the infrastructure from the coin. So the Atom coin and the infrastructure on Cosmos are two kind of different things and If we look at the coin itself, it has had a pretty crazy run uh, over the Christmas days. So if you've invested into Adam, congratulations, you've just had a very good Christmas gift for you. This is literally kind of going vertically up and very, very interesting price development on Cosmos. Now, for me, the ATOM token, again, is not really interesting in terms of price performance. However, I have drawn here some interesting price areas of $39.49 as well as $42.94. That would be quite interesting for me. And looking at the kind of dynamic behind the Cosmos ecosystem, I do think this is actually quite possible. And after that, we will hit all time high of around, what is that? Of around 44, 45 US dollars. And then again, sky is the limit. And I do think again, if Cosmos as a kind of infrastructure play can really increase the number of applications and services on its network as a whole, I do think this number will go up. But if they cannot really, find kind of a more better use case for the atom token i'm a bit hesitant there but again this is crypto super dynamic market you never really know whether the use case will survive the next three years so you're more focused on the let's say short term when it comes to these different cryptocurrencies Another project that is, let's say, misunderstood by uh, many is Cardano, of course. Now, Cardano is a project that has been in the top five, top 10 for quite some time. And people have expected Cardano to deliver for a couple of years now. And the problem with Cardano is that it is very, very slow in development. Now, its founder, Charles Hoskinson, is saying, there is a method to the madness, and there is an idea of this concept of developing more slowly he's also saying that 10.5 billion us dollars have been stolen in defi hacks and cardano wants to avoid that hence why they are developing much much slower in comparison to other cryptocurrency projects such as avalanche phantom and so on he's also saying that that is essentially the reason why vcs so venture capitalists are not understanding that cardano has a community behind it and that the community is developing for the cardano ecosystem ecosystem as a whole now of course Charles Hoskinson can say a lot but if we look at the chart it is very interesting to see it has been ranging for quite some time it broke out and it came back into that range so as long as this range doesn't properly break out I don't see a reason why Cardano uh, could be a big performer in 2022 now again they have delivered smart contracts in the autumn of 2021 The big question is where are the DeFi protocols? Is there anything that could still come and become interesting on the Cardano ecosystem as a whole? NFTs, DeFi, I still don't see any kind of proper application based on the Cardano ecosystem. So I do think Cardano does have a bright future if And that's a big if if they can deliver kind of the ecosystem participants the ecosystem around it in order for cardano to grow even further if they cannot deliver this i do think that the all-time high of around three us dollars from last summer is a bit far or further away quite interesting and i think we will keep an eye on cardano for the future and that was it from crypto market talk this week make sure to subscribe to this channel to not miss any interesting crypto news on this swiss code channel and i will see you on the next one take care and have a good one